was just watching the Gospel of John movie and I was just thinking about how uh, the interpretations of these different characters uh, that's in these movies that they, you know, they predict or, or depict, excuse me, um, how Jesus and his disciples you know, acted and everything according to the scriptures and everything. But I always say, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, man, you ain't going to really catch it. You ain't going to really catch how he really was because Jesus didn't play. Like a lot of people don't understand Jesus, Jesus had authority. You know what I mean? Like when he taught, that's why the Bible said he taught as one with authority because he had authority. Like he knew who he was. Like he didn't, he didn't shut away from, you know, like, you know, people who they considered themselves having titles. Jesus, nah, Jesus, Jesus, he brought it right to your face. You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know, a lot of them folks didn't like him because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't respect the title. He didn't respect, you know, uh, your position of what the world would consider your position. Nah, Jesus respect if you did the word of God, if you was a part of the word of God, like if you follow the commandments and statutes and precepts of God, that's when you got respect from the Lord. But other than that, nah, he, they didn't, they didn't, they, they knew he didn't play. That's why, because his disciples really didn't know him. They didn't really, even though they walked with him, if you read the scriptures, they didn't really know Jesus. They didn't really know that, you know, that he was the true Messiah until at the end, uh, right before his death. That's when they said, you know, if you, if you read in the word in John, talked about like at the end when he was praying and everything he right before he started praying before uh judas had had uh betrayed him he was saying how um now you believe out of all you know i've been with you all this time and now you believe at the end and because they said that you ain't speaking with proverbs no more you ain't speaking in parables you know we understand that you know everything and you've come from god and you are you know this is at the end when he was getting ready to die so they knew they knew he was, you know, from there, they knew he was the one, but they, they was with him the whole time. They saw him fed the 5,000. They saw him feed the 4,000. That's just men, not including women and children. They saw him do all of these miracles and, and gave sight to the blind and, and raised dead people, you know, raised the Lazarus and raised the other little boy that was on his way to the, uh, uh, the, uh, on his he was in a funeral. His mother, remember, he touched the boy, and the boy got up because the, the boy was his mother's only son, and, and Jesus raised him from the dead. And they was on their way to the uh, to the uh, cemetery. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus raised them up. So they saw all of these things, and they still didn't believe. If you if you read the word and catch it in the spirit. Because if you don't have the spirit of God, you won't understand. And then they depict Jesus as this happy-go-lucky type fella, which he wasn't. He didn't play. Like, Jesus did not play with these folks. He he kept it real. Like, he was telling, he. that's why he said, I tell you the truth. Like, and the truth does not play. Because the truth will hurt people's feelings who don't believe the truth. Like, if you don't believe the truth, it still hurts your feelings because it's the truth. Like it don't. The truth is that's that's what remains. That's what it is. It's the truth. So, you know, no matter how you look at a, a situation, the truth is always going to stand out. So, therefore, you know, if it hurts your feelings, that's that's because you don't believe in the truth. But that's what I was just saying. Like how 
the disciples really didn't even know him. You know what I'm saying? And they was with him. So think about the people here on earth, like the people here who truly believe in Jesus, who say that they believe in Jesus, who are, you know, running these big mega churches and all this stuff. And they're not even having altar calls. They're not even telling people, you know, if you want to get to know Jesus, you know, come and all this other stuff and and, and really spreading the, the true gospel, you know, that Jesus died for our sins and died for our, uh, uh, our disobedience to God. You know what I'm saying? To reconcile him, reconcile us to God through his death burial and he rose again. That's why I don't really, like, I can't get with all of these priests and this Catholic thing where they still have Jesus hung it, hanging on the cross. You know, that's blasphemy in my eyes because Jesus isn't on the cross. And, and anybody is on the cross, that, that's, an, that's a curse. You know, they follow the traditions of men, but the commandments of God, they don't seek. They don't want because they know that God will rebuke them. They will rebuke the stuff that they're doing. That's why Jesus came and told them Pharisees and Sadducees, y'all are like open graves. Y'all worry about the outside appearance. Y'all worry about the, 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 the praises of men instead of the praises of God, you know, by you, what you do. And I was talking to some... Um, they said, I asked them what they called because they was like priests walking around this track that they walk around over there at the uh, Catholic Bishop College or whatever. And I asked them, what do they call themselves? And they said, we call ourselves brothers. And then I started telling them, I said, do y'all answer um, to the guys, you know, that's over top of y'all, do y'all call them fathers? And they said, yeah, we call them fathers. I said, well, why do y'all call them fathers in Matthew 23 when Jesus said, don't call no man father, but you only have one father in heaven. And then they start explaining and everything. It's like, a, because they followed after the traditions of men and they didn't uh, follow the commandments of God. So I was explaining it to him and everything. And one of them was real receptive to what I was saying, because I could tell that he was, he was, it was almost like they're brainwashed. The other guy, he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We could just do the Lord's prayer with you. I said, no, we don't need to say the Lord's prayer. None of that. He's like, we could pray for you. And I said, no, you don't need to pray. I said, Jesus, Jesus, when, when two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. Jesus right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't need no prayer. When prayer is the communication that we have. And he already hearing us because he's right here. But I was explaining to him that, um, you know, the other guy, one of the, the brothers that they called themselves were kind of receptive. He was like, man, you know, he said, you know the word. I was like, yeah, because if you know, if you know the word, you'll know the scriptures and you know that if you're in error of the word, you need to correct yourself. You know what I mean? You don't need to continue on down that road that's going to lead you to hell and destruction. Because Jesus said, he said, many, are, this is what I told him. I said, many are going to come to me in the in that day and say, Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We did all of these wonderful miracles in we name. We fed people in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Because you know the truth. Like, it's almost like them, they, them guys knowing what I was telling them was the truth. But they still didn't want to drop the traditions of men and follow the commandments of God. And so I, I explained all of that to them, and and I just prayed that God would continue to bring that back to their remembrance. Because one of them, like I said, I could tell that he was disagreeing with everything that I was saying because he kept on trying to cut me off and say stuff. But the other guy, he was just steady listening to me, and he was like, wow, you, you really know the word. Because, you know, because a lot of them, they'll see... 
and this is what I'm talking about, what he talked about workers of iniquity, because most of the time, most people who uh, so-called say they know the word, like these Pharisees and Sadducees in their hearts, they look down on people. You know, they don't believe people know what they know as far as the Bible. And you can't judge a man by his outward appearance, you know, because God doesn't do that. God judges a man by his heart. And that's what Samuel did, who was God's spokesman. When God told him that he was going to, um, he had canceled Saul from being the, uh, the king, you know, he said, you know, I repented that I made Saul the king and I got a, a somebody new in mind who's going to do my will and he's going to be a man after my own heart. And he told him to go down to Bethlehem and, and go down to Jesse's house and anoint who I tell him is going to be the king. As soon as he went down there, he saw his first son, which was Eliab, who had the stature. He had the look. He had, you know, he was looked strong. He was tall. He was handsome. He was virile and all that other stuff, the outward appearance that the world look at. And Samuel said, oh, this is the one. And God says, no. And he said, no, this isn't the one. And, and you could tell if you read the scriptures in the spirit, God got upset with him again because he got upset with him the first time when he told him to go down there and he's going to anoint uh, uh, a new king. And Samuel said, but what if Saul finds out and he tries to kill me? And it was like a pause in the scripture to where God was like, what? Worried about Saul? You know, I'll kill you. I'm the one that created Saul. And he told him to take a heifer and go down there and tell him you're going to make a sacrifice because you got to shed blood for what you just said to me. Because that's how I took it when I read it. Because that's why he, because God ain't going to tell him to do nothing. He's not going to tell him to lie. So when Saul told Samuel, I mean, Samuel told Saul that he had to go make a sacrifice. To me, the sacrifice was for him really challenging God's authority. It was like, you know, you saying, you know, Saul going to kill me if I do what you tell me to do. And God like, wait a minute, what? I'm the one, I am the almighty. I am the one who created Saul. I am the one who uh, sent the evil spirit to torment Saul. Me, God almighty, you listen to me, Samuel. So by you doing that, you go down there and you tell Saul you're going to make a, a, a sacrifice because you got to shed blood for what just happened. So it was almost like Saul, uh, Samuel felt that heat. So when he went down to Bethlehem to uh, anoint David as the king, but he didn't know who he was anointing because God never told him. God just told him to go down to Jesse's house and he had somebody he was going to anoint. One of Jesse's son, he was going to anoint that king. So when Saul, Samuel went down there and saw Eliab, the first son he saw, like I said, he had the stature and everything. God told him, no, God is not like man. God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. What kind of car you drive? What kind of house you live in? What type of job you have? You know, how much money you got in the bank? How much, you know, jewelry you got on? And that's how people do. As soon as they meet you, what do you do for a living? You know, um, uh, where do you live? What kind of car you got? You know, people want to know the outward appearance, but they don't understand that if your heart is evil, it doesn't matter what you have. You know what I'm saying? Because you're an evil person. And that's what he was telling Samuel, you know. And Samuel felt the heat from when, when, when God told him that. You could tell God was on him. And that's why he tried to hurry um, Jesse saying, you know, no, these, because everyone that he, when, when 
when Jesse presented the other sons, Samuel didn't hear nothing. So he kept on pushing them through. Nope, that, that, he not the one, he not the one, he not the one. And then when Samuel went through all of his six sons, he had another son, David, who was out in the field tending the sheep because he was a shepherd. Um, Samuel, if you read the Bible, it says that Samuel was agitated kind of, you know, because he said, we're not going to eat or nothing until you bring that boy in here because I got, God is the one who said he, you know, to come down here and he's going to anoint one of your sons. And so that's when he said, um, you know, go get the one. He said, is all of this, this all the boys you got? He was like, no, nah, I got another young boy out in, the, out in the field tending the sheep. And Samuel said, well, we're not going to eat or nothing until you bring him in here because I got to see him because that's how God was leaning on him because of his, like, because of he how he looked at the situation instead of looking at it as in through the eyes of God. And Samuel was the spokesman of God. You know what I'm saying? He was a man that God had filled with the Holy Spirit when he was a, a boy as well. And he, you know, learned about God when he was young. So, uh, um, well, I don't want to say filled with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit came upon him at different times or whatever. But like I said, then when, when David came in, you know, he didn't look nothing like what Samuel had thought. You know, he was a young boy. He was ruddy. You know, he was dirty. And, you know, he was out in the field. So, you know, he didn't smell so good and all that other stuff. But God told him, this is the one. Anoint him. And he took the flask and poured it over David's head and anointed him the new king. You know, and then David grew in stature as far as, you know, uh, the stuff that he did as far as with Goliath. And he came and he, you know, played the harp for Saul to, when the when God sent the uh, evil spirit to torment him. So you got to see that God doesn't use most of the stuff that we think is he going to use. You know what I'm saying? He used the things that we don't think that he can use and make it into great things. You know what I'm saying? God will take a, a piece of clay and mold it into a beautiful vase or you know what I'm saying where people won't want to spend you know money to buy or whatever and it's priceless you know what I'm saying because it's it's not made by human hands it's made by the hands of God so it's the same thing with us you know when God begins to shape and mold us you know we sometimes being molded by God it might hurt sometimes in the different areas that he molds you in because you know a, a lump of clay is just nothing but a ball but once it start getting molded it's going to be molded into different ways and everything so it's like we're that lump you know what I'm saying because we came from the earth we was made from the dust of the ground so make most of the time we're when we get out of, uh, when he begins to mold us, it, it's a, it's a, sometimes it's hurtful and some of the things that we go through, it, it's painful and it's, you know, it, it moves us out of joint and out of the, the way that we believe that things are supposed to go. But at the end, you, this priceless thing where everybody will look up and say, wow, you know, look what God did, you know, but they, they'll say what, look what man did because they don't understand if you don't praise God and give God the glory, they'll blame it on man they'll say man did this but that's why i always give glory to god over everything like all the glory goes to him over my life like every little thing i mean the smallest thing to uh, 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 a piece of paper in my life that he let me write on you know what i'm saying it was given to me by him you know what i mean so that's why i believe that a lot of times we got to we got to really acknowledge God and be humble, stay humble and always give him praise, honor and glory because without him, we can do nothing. There's nothing that we could do 
uh, what what we consider on our own efforts because if we start to do on our own efforts that's when Satan comes in and because Satan only thinks about the things of man you know Jesus told us that you know you only think that's why when he soon it look if you read in the Bible when when Jesus asked the, the disciples who do men say I am and um, he says they say some say uh, John the Baptist raised again some say Elijah's or one of the prophets he said but who do you say I am and that's when Peter rose up and said, thou art the Christ, the Holy One from God, you know, the Son of God. And then he told him not to tell nobody. But in the next, next, if you keep reading along, Jesus told him that he was had to die. He was going to have to suffer many deaths. And G, uh, Peter pulled him to the side. was like, no, you, ain't, you can't die. And Jesus rebuked him right after he didn't said that he was the one. You know, because he told him his father revealed that to him, but he rebuked him. Jesus was so in tune with the spirit, he still rebuked him because he said, behind me, Satan, because you only think of the things of men. And he rebuked Peter, even after Peter said he was the, the one, the, the, the God in the flesh, the Christ, the Messiah that come to save their people from sin. There are people from the disobedience that God had, or the judgment that God had put upon them. And so you got to understand that it doesn't matter how close it is to where you think somebody is telling you the truth. You always got to be in tune with what God wants for you. You know what I'm saying? And and that's by, you know, prayer and fasting. And so um, while Jesus was still uh, uh, in that same mode, because he will always go upon, go, go out by himself and pray and fast. And it's always talking about a mountain. It always say he would go in the mountains and pray or whatever because he would always stay high, which is in God. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about like a high as far as no type of uh, uh, pharmaceutical high, <laughs> nothing like that. The mountain was a representation of he would always be, you know, in that enlightenment, like in that enlightened train of thought, you know what I mean? Always praying, always fasting. That's why when the disciples, after he talked to the woman at the well, he said, you know, come and eat, Jesus. You know, you ain't eating a long time. We ain't never seen you eat nothing. And he said, I got food that y'all know nothing about. And the first thing they thought of was who fed him? Who gave him some food? He, it's 12 of us. It's 11 of us. You know, of 12 of us or whatever. How can how, how, how he get some food? Ain't nobody ever seen him eat nothing. And he was like, nah, the food that I come to give, I mean, the food that I eat is to do the will of him who sent me. You know, he was always directing them back to God because God provides everything for everybody at the same time. You know, that's why he always would say in the God position that he is in, because Jesus was the almighty, but in his position as God, there's nothing greater. God is the one. God is everything. You know, that's why the son listens to the father. You know what I mean? And that's why when he said the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he let you know that all three of them was Jesus, but they're all one. You know what I'm saying? And he will speak that which he hears, the same as Jesus. Jesus said the same thing. He said, you know, I only tell you what I hear from the father. And it's the same thing because the father is greater than everything. All. There's nothing greater than the Father because the Father is has everything in his hand. Like this whole universe is on the tippy top 
of the index finger. I'm talking about the Milky Way and all the galaxies that man has ever seen is on the tippy top finger of God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how mighty God is. Like, like we ain't even gotten to his hand yet. You know, they say he got the whole world in his hand. Listen to me. God is so powerful and so magnificent in everything that he does is the whole entire galaxy universe of what we consider time and space is on a particle of his hair follicle on one of his fingertips. <laughs> that's how great God is. But that's all I got. I just wanted to say that quick thing because I, I mean, I love him and, and I had got a shot of coffee, so it had sparked me to wanting to talk and all that other stuff. But this is just a bonus clip, you know what I'm saying? This is just a bonus clip. I might, I might download onto my truth reveal, uh, which I probably will, so you could just see how I be thinking sometimes, and when I'm uh, reading the Bible or even watching some biblical movies, my mind get to wandering and, and start to think about how good God is and how magnificent his might and power is and how we should just always reverence and always give him glory and honor and praise for every moment every inch every centimeter every millisecond of our time you know what i'm saying because it's all a gift you know saying jesus christ brought grace and truth to the world you know what i mean moses brought the law but jesus christ brought truth and grace so that we are now in the dispensation of grace and next is the dispensation of uh, trials and tribulations and you know for those who don't know him you know just come all i can tell you is uh sin is just disobedience it's a separation from god all you got to do is repent ask him to forgive you for all the things that you've ever done in this body and make it a new slate no matter where you are no matter what you're doing in your walk just ask him to forgive you for all of the things that you've ever done, no matter what it was, no matter how despicable it was, just ask him to forgive you. And then you forgive anybody who ever done anything, no matter what it was or how despicable it was, you forgive them and then ask God to change your heart, to correct your heart and allow you to always walk in forgiveness. And then you get baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and then receive the Holy Spirit who seals you until the day that Jesus comes back and guides you into all the truth that you will need through these perilous and rough times that we're living in. And then he'll, he'll, he'll show you all types of wonderful things if you really wholeheartedly and truly want to forgive and ask for forgiveness and then walk with him and then talk with him and then uh, allow him to become that friend that he is always with his hand out telling you to come. And so he can show you mighty and wonderful things. And that's what he does to me. And I just thank him so much that I'm um, given the opportunity to speak to anybody, whoever listens to, you know, my bonus clips or anything that I do on my Truth Reveal podcast or any uh, video that I download on YouTube. You know, I just thank God for them just watching it and, and giving me an opportunity to, to uh, give, give them that chance to just repent because hell and the lake of fire awaits those who don't believe, those who are disobedient, those who are 
are following their own way or following the things behind Satan because all of these things were created for Satan and his imps and his demons and all of the, the evil that uh, was taking place in the Garden of Eden. You know what I'm saying? He was a murderer from the beginning and all he does is speak lies, Jesus told us. And so, you know, we have to change fathers and understand that you got to make God your father in the name of Jesus. No man cometh unto the father, but by Christ, you know, all of these false Christs are out here and telling you that prosperity is the way and telling you about all of these different things, but that's not it. You know what I mean? God gives true prosperity and the true prosperity is your soul being saved. Salvation is the true prosperity, living with Christ forever and ever in the kingdom of God, everlasting upon everlasting. You know what I'm saying? So I just give you an opportunity through the Holy Spirit within me, asking that somebody just come and just give and submit your will to God and let him change you into that beautiful uh, dove or that beautiful uh, person that you can be. You know what I mean? If you if you haven't already, just understand that, you know, he he's coming back soon and he will be here. You know what I mean? And those who don't don't obey are condemned already. They're already condemned. In Jesus' name. I love y'all, man. Y'all take care and also, you know, uh, be safe and make it a great day. Don't have a great day. Make it a great day and smile more and say thank you, you know, and, and please, all of these things don't cost you anything to smile and say, well, I know what the people got masks on now. You can't even see nobody. But people can see when you smile through your eyes. You know how your eyes on the ends have them crow's feet when you're smiling. So <laughs> try to smile more. I love y'all, man. Take care and enjoy yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.